Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name is Mike, and it is September the something. <laughs> the date's too small on my watch. I can't, I can't see what it is. Uh, the joys of getting older. September 6th. Yeah. Two days before my sister Nikki's birthday. Seatbelt on. Uh, this is my first full day back to work since uh, summer break. Japanese summer break, which is a little shorter than uh, summer break in the States. Still, I had probably, I don't know, a month and a half off, which is nice. Uh, yeah, how's everybody doing? It's raining here. We've we've had an incredibly sunny summer, like maybe even unprecedented uh, lack of rainfall here in Japan, which is normally very rainy. Um, but now we're starting to get some rain. We had a big uh, deluge a couple days ago, and I think we're probably due to have another one soon there's typhoons in the area this is typhoon season in japan so this is the season where typhoons uh more frequently uh hit around here <coughs> oh, come on, people. uh yeah so i'm uh heading back to work it's about 9 20 in the morning and trying to think about what I'm going to talk to you guys about. I, I, uh, somebody had brought up a scripture and I, I had looked it up on my Bible app a couple days ago and then this morning I was thinking about what I wanted to, to do today. Wow. This guy's not using turning signals. That was close. Guy stopped in front of me and then he when I went to go around him, he, he made a right turn. Remember, Japan is on the other side than America, so anyway, he decided to turn right in front of me. Uh, didn't use any turning signals at all. Uh, yeah, we're good. We're safe. So, <laughs> where was I? So I opened up my Bible app, and it was opened up to, I believe, 1 Timothy. Uh, 1 Timothy. In fact, let me just double-check that. It could have been 2 Timothy, but, you know, I'm not even sure what it was. Uh, actually, 2 Timothy, chapter 1. Uh, it was actually opened up to 2 Timothy, chapter 2. And chapter 2 is the big scripture that everybody points to. Uh, when they when they want to tell everybody, see the world's going to hell in a handbasket, kind of thing. Uh, that you know, God's judgment is coming soon because because everybody's you know everybody's doing such bad things. Everybody's uh, you know it says they look for teachers that tell them what they want to hear and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, and that's probably why I looked at it in the beginning. I wanted to double check that scripture. And I decided to read some context. And so 
I went back and read Second uh, Timothy chapter one, which is wow, what a lovely chapter that is. Um, a lot of stuff, very dense. A lot of a lot of things that uh, a lot of scriptures pop out as you know. Uh, some of the some of the top Paul quotes are in the Timothy letters, obviously. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and you know, Timothy is one of those rare letters of Paul that's specifically to a single person. And so it's it's much more intimate in a lot of ways. It talks about, you know, the last time uh, Paul saw Timothy when they had to part and he remembers Timothy's tears and you know, so it's it's quite Bluetooth to hum less. I don't know how she did it, but uh, anyway, uh, reading chapter one <clears throat> gives you kind of a an impression of who Paul was in the time that he wrote that. And my impression as I'm reading it is that Paul's getting a little older. You know, he's getting sentimental. He's 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 getting uh, coming a little bit more towards the end, possibly, of his life, or maybe he feels that's the case. Um, <clears throat> the way he the way he writes is is like a an old man. Um, at one time, he has these high ideals, but at another time, you see the conservat conservatism of an old man. You know, you see kind of both sides. Uh, <clears throat> maybe the two warring. Uh, influences in Paul's life at that time and you know I'm in my 50s and back then 50s would have been considered old I suppose <clears throat> but I get that too right I, I have both the the high ideals and principles uh, that would be considered more liberal or progressive but at the same time as I get older the nat natural tendency is to be a little conservative, like older people are just generally more set in their ways, more conservative, and and I think I even have those influences battling inside me, and perhaps every human uh, experiences as every person, I don't know, but a lot of us are, are really quite conservative from the get-go, um, but I think even those who are liberal uh, become less so as they get older, I think that's a natural tendency of age, how age works with, uh, you know, personality and, and uh, preferences and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know what to think of that. I don't know what to think of that. Because when I look at the second chapter of Second Timothy, it, it's really um, judgmental negative, almost apocalyptic, right? Um, almost has to do with the destruction of the world, if that's the paradigm from which you view it, right? Um, but on the other hand, uh, I'm not saying it's not prophetic. On the other hand, it just might be the ramblings of an old man. 
you know, um, who has, though he's tried so hard to follow Jesus and to preach the gospel, has had setbacks and, and failures um, and perhaps hasn't been appreciated and loved as much as he would have liked to have been. And, and now, you know, in a sense, maybe he's saying, well, to hell with all of you who, who didn't listen. And I don't think, I don't think that's the literal way I'm, uh, that he meant that. Um, again, I think, I think we're seeing a, 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 a quite a human side of Paul uh, when he writes um, the second chapter. Uh, you know, this is the chapter where it says the love of many will grow cold. Uh, you know, this and that and this and that. In those days, in those days, right? So it, it seems to be a prophecy about the future, about how in a certain time uh, the prevalent um, <clears throat> morality of society will be such... Um, that um, basically the end of the world will come. And I can't remember what conclusion he comes to at the end of that. I should probably look at that real quick when I get to a red light. Um, I don't remember if that's the conclusion he comes to, that you know the world's going to end because of all that. Um, probably not. Oh, the Bible app has decided to stop working for me. Chapter 2. Maybe it's chapter 3. Yeah, sorry, it's 2 Ch Timothy chapter 3. Uh, and I, I really want to get into the Greek on this. Um, text at some point. I want to know how you can interpret in the last days. Uh, because this, I'm reading the uh, English Standard Version, which is a fairly modern translation. Uh, but it says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, and treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, uh, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. All right, so... <laughs> If all of that is just to say to Timothy, yeah, stay away from those guys, then how can it be that prophetic? So that that's why I don't understand about in the last days. Because, you know, I don't think Timothy lived until the last days. Not as far as I know. 
Um, so it's just kind of it's just kind of weird, right? Uh, but what it doesn't say is that following those last days, the world's going to be destroyed or anything like that. Yeah. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men, talking about Janus and Jambres. So you can read it yourself. Um, and then he goes, he, he switches gears at chapter, uh, sorry, verse 10. Chapter 3, verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching. So you're not like all those guys. So in the last days, I have a feeling he means in the present day. Recently, in these days, these last days, right? And so something that he has just, he has just experienced, or, you know, some bad experience that he has had, which he just went through in chapter 1 or 2, how... Uh, people have stopped following his teachings in Asia. He said, everybody deserted me in Asia, basically. Everyone, everyone stopped following me, listening to, to me, following my teaching or whatever. So he seems to have lost a lot of disciples in Asia uh, just before he writes this letter. And so maybe what, what the first part of uh, chapter 3 is just a, you know... A little bit of a passive-aggressive um, jab at those people who he perceives as having um, left him, you know, given up on him or whatever. Uh, we don't know. We don't have specifics about what happened there. Uh, he talks about one specific person who was good to him, Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus, maybe his name. I don't remember. <laughs> something like that. Uh, that person was good to him, but everybody else deserted him in Asia. And Asia is huge, so I don't know which part of Asia he's talking about, but I assume it's somewhere not very far from Palestine. Uh, so, yeah, what what does Paul look, and look like, and who is Paul in 2 Timothy? Right, so that's just my, I don't, I'm not talking from any historical uh, knowledge about where Paul was in the writing of 2 Timothy. This is just off the cuff, what I'm perceiving to be the case, what it looks like to me, what it sounds like to me. And of course, that's in this translation, not knowing the Greek. But my guess is, chapter 3 has nothing to do with uh, some time in the in the far future. It's the time that Paul is living then, and he might be exaggerating a little bit as older men are uh, like, are, are what's, the, what's the, are want to do, are want to do. I know it's weird English, but they, they do that. Older, older, older people tend to exaggerate. tendency of older men sometimes to dramatize, uh, traumatize, dramatize, dramatize um, the situation so that it makes him look better. Uh, nothing against Paul. I love Paul, but I think Paul was human, uh, though inspired by God. Um, I think he was still human, and 
I think it comes through sometimes. Anyway, um, that's what it sounds like to me. He's trying to make sure that Timothy is one of the people that's going to stick by and that's not going to desert him because I think that would have been the last straw for Paul. I think that would have sent him in horrible despair. Uh, and so he builds up Tim Timothy. He, in, in the whole first two chapters, you know, he's kind of <clears throat> praising Timothy, reminding Timothy of his his spiritual spir spiritual lineage, uh, both uh, from his grandmother and his mother, uh, but also from Paul himself. And in a sense, trying to remind Timothy that he belongs to Paul, in a very gentle way, you better not desert me, too. <laughs> uh, and I don't think it's a threat. I think it's a, you know, and I don't think we get any indication that Timothy ever deviated from Paul's teachings. Um, and we don't know what happened in Asia. Uh, Paul seems to have been a difficult guy to get along with at times, uh, to understand and to get along with. And, I, it wouldn't be hard for me to see him as not a little bit arrogant and condescending, um, being the theological genius that he was, uh, and um, his proud heritage, which he talks about, uh, being a Jew of Jews and all this stuff. So I could totally see that. Um, <clears throat> So that's the that's the scripture. I, you should you should look at Timothy. Um, my perspective of Paul has changed over the years. I grew up in a in a tradition that basically followed Paul above Jesus. It still does today. I would say they followed Paul above Jesus, and part of it's because Paul was quite detailed sometimes, uh, and the amount of uh, text that Paul wrote. Uh, vastly supersedes the amount of text that we have of Christ um, as far as just sheer number of words uh, and, and because of that because of the detail in Paul because of the specifics that Paul talks about um, he's been easier <coughs> sorry I'm going to have to clear my throat <coughs> have a little something which happens a lot in the mornings. <clears throat> not gonna, not gonna help. Anyway, uh, Paul is often followed more closely than Jesus. Uh, it's easier, it's simpler uh, to tell women to be silent in church than to love our enemies. So the tradition I came from uh, didn't really love its enemies, supported Christian nationalism and and militarism, uh, while not allowing women to even pray or read a scripture or have an opinion voiced in quote unquote the worship service. Uh, that's an easy thing to harp on 
it's an easy thing to, to do. It's, it seems to be a rule that's very plainly written down. But how do you love your enemies? You know, that's, you know, that's easy to dodge. Um, so, I think a certain kind of people, a certain kind of person would gravitate toward uh, the legalistic uh, blind following of Paul whereas the more hippie love and peace teachings of Jesus uh, being much more abstract uh, are more easily ignored and so that's what you've that's what you have that's that's basically what you call an evangelist, and and the, the person who the person who follows event. I can't even say it. Not evangelism, not evangelistic, evangelical, evangelical, right? Evangelical teaching is to me is basically that. It's the blind adherence to specific rules and regulations perceived rules and regulations of Paul and the ignoring of the love and peace teachings of Jesus um, because they're just too abstract right? how do you love everyone that's not possible. How do you love everyone? I don't know. I don't know how to do that, but I do know how to go to church every Sunday. I do know how to um, give 10% of my income. Uh, I do know how to get baptized. I do know how to memorize certain scriptures, right? Uh, I do know how to say the sinner's prayer. And I can do those things. Those are very easy. Uh, but man, loving my enemy, uh, praying for those who persecute me, um, <clears throat> embracing the, the, the least in society, visiting the imprisoned and the sick, uh, releasing the oppressed, feeding the hungry, healing the sick. Uh, loving you, my neighbor as myself, right? Loving others as Jesus loved us. Man, it's too hard. It's just too hard. Too difficult. I don't know how to keep score on that. I don't. I don't know how to, you know, see how I'm doing on that account. It's too. It's too abstract. So I'm just going to follow all the specific things that Paul tells somebody to do in the Bible and just assume that he's telling every church to do it as law. Uh, and, yeah, that should be good, right? That should be good enough to get me uh, through those pearly gates um, when those last days come, right? Um 
What is the difference in Greek in that? I really want to know what other translations say about that. I don't know. It would be interesting to find out. Yeah, so... <clears throat> there we have it. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and chapter 2. You know, we all had teachers, well, maybe not. I had teachers who were purposely vague on what was required because they wanted me to find it within myself to, to make something happen. You know, to, to be a little creative, to be more uh, of a self-starter, to be more motivated, right? Um, when you get specifics, I mean, this goes down to the, the Ten Commandments, right? The law that was given to uh, Moses by God and that Moses then gave to the people that were written on stone. So, Moses, for whatever reason, is the only one brave enough to approach God, and God has chosen Moses to be his spokesman, and God is speaking to Moses, and Moses is speaking to the people. And after they've been delivered from Egypt, from their bondage, from oppression, they go into the wilderness, and, and God basically says, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. I want you to be with me. I want to dwell with you. But the people's response is telling. And, and I think most people miss this. I, I think most people who read the Bible uh, miss this. And, and one of the teachers that I follow um, pointed this out to me. Well, the, the response of the people when God says, I want to dwell with you. I, don't, I want to be with you guys. I want to live with you. The response of the people is, just tell us what to do and we'll do it. Can you imagine starting a relationship? You know, let's say you're, you're about to get married. And your new wife comes to you and says, I just want to be with you. Uh, I want to love you. Uh, I want to I just enjoy your presence. Uh, I hope that you'll enjoy my presence. And I just want to be together with you always. And then you say, well, just tell me what you want and I'll do it. Tell me what you expect me to do and I'll do that. Yeah, just just give me the rules. Okay, give me something to follow. Give me, give me a, a process. Give me a 10-step process uh, that I can do step by step. It's very uh, easy to understand. And I'll just do those 10 steps. And then you'll have to uh, just accept that I've done my part. This is what the people of Israel tell God. Just tell us what to do and we'll do it. Command us. So these people who have been suffering under the tyranny of Pharaoh and Egypt for over 400 years... Once they get released from that, they go right back to God 
and they just they, they tell him uh, just just be our Pharaoh you know just tell us what to do and we'll do it and I believe that what came of that attitude of the people coming out of Egypt the people of Israel the Hebrews what became of that attitude is the following 600 and what 13 specific laws that were then codified over many years by the priesthood right um, they 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 took that attitude and ran with it went crazy with it <clears throat> made way more rules and regulations uh then initially planned, right? God gave them ten. Okay, these are ten simple things. Let's just do this. Now, of course, yes, Moses says that God gave all of the specific laws that are written down in, in uh, Leviticus, right? Um, all those specific laws were given by God. That's what it says. I know what it says. Uh... I just don't think that's the direction God ever wanted to go. Uh, I think law um, was not ever the way God wanted to do things. Now, I know that's a that's a it's going to be a pretty controversial reading of Exodus, but that's how I I see it now, based on not based on Exodus, but based on Christ, right? What, is, what does Christ say is the one commandment? Right? He says it in a couple different ways. First he says, they said, what, what's the greatest commandment? And they said, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, whatever. And the second one is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all of the law and the prophets are contained in these two. Right? So, Jesus' command is love. Love God, love people. Uh, and then later he says, A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, love one another. The new commandment Jesus gave was to love one another. Because Jesus knew that the way to love him was to love his creation. To love the people that he made. Right to love, to love the way we love God is by loving others. It's not by singing His praises or trying to offer Him something that He doesn't need or use. You think Jesus needs to feel better about Himself by us saying how you know how wonderful Jesus is? Does Jesus need to feel better about Himself? Does God? Uh, is God a narcissist? Does he need to be praised? Does praise do anything for God? Now for us, I think there's a lot of psychological evidence that praise helps us. It helps children. Uh, now I suppose you can go overboard with it, but it can help us to gain confidence, um, just, just to have a general amount of happiness. <clears throat> But to assume that God needs our praise is ridiculous. 
to my mind. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, do we need to praise God? Yeah, I think it does us good. Because it reminds us of the standard the standard of heaven, right? The the, the example, standard's probably a bad word, the example uh, of how to live well in the world uh, is given us by Christ. So, yeah, I think we, we benefit from praising God, uh, but I think we can overdo it. Uh, I think we can, we can, again, that's something that we, that's one of those rules uh, that we get from the Psalms, uh, and we do that, and we, then we don't love our neighbor, right? Uh, we do that, and we ignore the people around us. And on time, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, anyway, um, I've kind of gotten off track. So we started with Timothy, and uh, then we went to prophecies, quote-unquote prophecy, which I don't think is a prophecy necessarily, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, and then to the general way that Paul is read, and how Paul is followed, um, and Jesus really isn't. Paul Paul is followed more than Jesus. Uh, and the reasons why that is because uh, Paul is very specific and Jesus is very abstract although I wouldn't call it abstract I just call it lazy we don't want to work out what that means to love uh, our neighbor what it means to forgive our enemies um, what it means to turn the other cheek Uh, that's all very difficult yeah, women covering their head. Oh, that's easy. All right, cover your head. Okay, women, be silent. Right? Well, that's fairly simple. And it looks religious too, right? It seems religious. Yeah, and then, you know, the human's uh, proclivity to um, go away from abstract and towards specific. Even though sometimes there's no life in specific, that the vagueness of, of the, the commandment of love uh, is what will help us grow. It's what's best for us to follow. to be loving in the world as opposed to follow a a specific set of rules. Now this morning when I I read 2 Timothy, I'm not sure this is the direction I wanted to go. Uh, I really just thought about, you know, 
uh, that one scripture in 2 Timothy 3, but then reading some of the background in the first and second chapter, I really wanted to figure out what Paul was getting at. And I think I discovered it. I think, I think Paul's a little insecure in whether Timothy is continually continuing to be a disciple of his or is going to go off the deep end like some of his other disciples in Asia. There seems to be a little, little bit of that in there. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, wouldn't be surprised, right, given Paul's age and what he's been through, if there was a little bit of that. Wouldn't even fault him for it. <clears throat> Alright, well, I'm going to call it uh, time of death, 9.55, something like that. Um, yeah, so I'm here at my place of business. I head in and get these kindergartners taught. So you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening, uh, as always. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear some feedback on your thoughts on 2 Timothy. I know there's a lot more there than what I covered. Um, so, all right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.